Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, and now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Because I'm about to put on a show. Welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop, where peace was never an option. We practiced our honking off air. I don't think we quite got there. Just sounds like Pete's regular voice, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Untitled tea game. (laughs) Where's my antihistamines? It's it's just tea walking around looking for antihistamines and complaining about bad TV. (laughs) On today's show... (laughs) Well, you're with TNM. Um, we have some big ones this week. We are reviewing Joker, Woo-hoo. the R-rated DC movie Joker, um, starring Jacqueline Phoenix. Indeed. And uh, we're also going to cover BoJack Horseman, the first half of this final season on Netflix. And if the intro didn't make that apparent, <laughs> we're going to talk about Untitled Goose Game from House House. That's the name of the company. That's great. <laughs> yes. Yep. These are the things we are discussing today. But before that, Em, how are you? What's happening? It's been a few weeks. How's life? Life is pretty grand. Um, yeah, just been catching up on some TV. A lot of new seasons are starting to come out on Netflix, so getting my binge on. So soon I'll be talking about um, season three of Atypical, which came out not too long ago. Um, yeah, I did that. been playing a bit of Goose Game, which we'll talk a bit more about later. That's about it. What about you, T? What have you been up to? Um, I'm in a bit of a gaming rut. I knocked out Goose Game, but I'm looking for my next big project. Mm. Um, jumped on a bit of Borderlands 3, but it's... Uh... <laughs> well, we did, um, we did Bloody Harvest. We did Bloody Harvest, which was just one boss. We killed yeah. it once. We should probably kill it a few more times. I think so. Um, that was a little bit disappointing, actually, Blood Harvest. It was a bit boring. Like, nothing really happened. Yeah, and you have to farm those ghosts every time you want to go in to fight the boss or Which something. I hate doing. Yeah. Um, so the problem is my gaming partner and I are struggling to ever be within earshot of the PlayStation <laughs> with any regularity. <laughs> so that's slowed down a bit. Thinking about getting into the Outer Worlds, which mm. I'm quite looking forward to. Same. Um, TV-wise, still watching Suits. I don't think that's worth you, reviewing. You love a bit of Suits. It's... It's an enigma. It's a very well-cast show <laughs> mm-hmm. that's pretty average. <laughs> right. So that's okay. That's what the problem is. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So all the actors are fantastic and the characters are great and you're only there for the melodrama between the characters, but the mm. actual big storylines, it's like, meh. be boring. Yeah. Um, watched a few movies recently. We will talk about one of them on the podcast later. Um, so stay tuned for that. It's called... Deadly Adoption? Something like that. I think that's in our next episode we'll be talking we about We will that. be talking about that. If you're interested, though, give it a watch. It, well, I, well, we'll get into it later. Let's just leave people hanging on that for now, shall we? Yeah, but then they can watch it before we talk about it. Well, they could. Or we can inspire them to watch it. That's true. Yeah. Um, we'll sell the story for them. Watch Can't Hardly Wait the other day. Yep. Look, I'm going to go on a rant. Uh, that's like the best movie ever made. Sorry, fight me. Just saying. I think it is the- we should debate this in an episode and talk about all the best teen movies because my takes are oh, also controversial. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Yeah, because oh, um, my my year my year twelve 
essay on identity. It's going to come out. Yeah, and my bring out that paper. And my defense of um, Tom Green what was that guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> In road trip. Anyway, we're going to do a big segment on teen movies. Yes. Coming soon. Fantastic. Which could be fun. Um, but yeah, other than that, just hanging out. We've been starting some new shows are coming on HBO and Disney Plus, which mm. we will also be covering soon. So stay tuned for that. But that's going to be exciting stuff. Yeah, big time. Um, but first, we went to the movies yesterday. We did. And after the break, we're going to discuss Joker. I, I was going to do a laugh. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the worst Joker laugh I have ever. I can't heard. do it. Is his laughing's crazy? Well, so okay. no, wait. No, hang on. Let's practice this. Get, really think about it and give me your best Joker laugh. <laughs> you sound like a really angry seal. I'm gonna stick to my. Where's my tuna? <laughs> I'm gonna stick to my goose. <laughs> goose. Hang on. All right. I wonder if I could do one. Well, it depends on which kind of laugh we're talking about. Whose laugh am I gonna try to do? Well, it was Rockwell Phoenix's. That one. Ah, right. oh, that's a real like. <laughs> I don't even know if I can do it. That's an M laugh. Okay. You're cheating. <laughs> All right. Because it's, it's got like a weird kind of wind up to it. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, I can't do it. It sounds like a, an angry <laughs> Also magpie. a dying goose. <laughs> oh, we'll episode. work on those and get back we'll to it. We'll work on those. It's not. It is not my thing. No. Um, so, right. So My Jeff Goldblum is much better. Give me a Jeff Goldblum. No. Review this in Jeff Goldblum no, no, voice. No, no, I, I will when we watch his show that's on Disney Plus next episode. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. coming in. What are we talking about? Joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, an R-rated DC movie. Um, not that a big a deal in the scheme of things since we've just gone through the Deadpool eras. Uh, starring Jacqueline Phoenix as the Joker and playing the... Iconic? Is that a word you'd use for him? Arthur Fleck. Mm -hmm. um, directed by Todd Phillips. Now, before we dive into this, yeah, I just checked into Todd Phillips. Yeah, interesting, interesting career path. direction for him. So let me rattle off his movies leading up to this point. Please do. Road Trip. Mm -hmm. Old School, mm -hmm. which we will... And the Hangover Trilogy, yeah. which we will discuss in the, our teen movies segment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Due Date. Mm-hmm. And Borat, for which he got nominated for an Oscar for yeah. adapted screenplay. I know. Then I rated the Joker. Yeah. Well, remember when uh, they first announced this? And this is why we were so puzzled because we were like, what kind of movie is this going to be? <laughs> Even, like, it's been out for over a month. And um, we, I still wasn't quite sure what it was going to be mm. i knew it was going to be a dark portrayal of everything but once i got there whoo wee mm. um so arthur fleck who will one day become the batman villain the joker we see his early days and his transition from well couldn't call him a regular joe but <laughs> to batman's arch nemesis um firstly hot take what'd you think em <sighs> look this movie, I knew it was going to be a bit of a, a dark one, but I didn't realize just how grim and gritty it was going to be. And I've got to say this, like going and seeing this movie was a real experience. Like I don't really remember the last time I got a real experience out of watching a movie. Uh, there are lots of movies I like and movies that are well done, but I really had to kind of just sit and think for a while afterwards being like, ooh, I really just got to soak this in. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, I'm similar. 
like I came out thinking that was a masterpiece and I hated every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was so grim and tense. Mm. Like just what you knew stuff was going to escalate. Obviously, it's a movie, <laughs> but it was sort of like, oh, this is uncomfortable. It's like, you know, why is there scissors in this scene? Why is he going to this place? Why is he acting this way? Oh, something bad's going to happen. And sometimes bad stuff did happen. <laughs> and it yeah. was, oh, it was so tense. Um, it was yeah. really spectacular. Like, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Uh, but yeah, it definitely fucked me up a little bit. Yeah, so. Well, I'm glad we saw it in the morning. If I saw that at oh. time, I'd be like, feel very good yeah uh, that would have been a hard one to sit with going to bed yeah yeah all right so this will be a spoiler free review just the quick setting um arthur fleck is a uh works as a clown as an entertainer um for a contract company that seemed to send clowns to people like you have an agency yeah where you're a professional clown and you go to hospitals or street sides or shops and generally how performing gigs work here oh i didn't know that i just thought it was cool (laughs) that that was a clown agency like they were all clowns like you couldn't you know there was no guy dressed as something else no no disney princesses like am i to understand that there's the clown agency and ones for other things like the ones for people dressed up as hot dogs handing out vouchers entirely possible yeah They've got a long-standing feud. It's been a a problem in uh, Gotham for years. (laughs) The hot dog wars. Um, And what's to stop a clown being a hot dog? Like, I mean, I feel like you could open up more options in your career. (laughs) Maybe that could have fixed some of the employment issues on display in this movie. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. All right. So, God, where to start? Um, I want to start by looking at the visuals of the film because I... I didn't realize that this was going to be particularly, not not, st- not quite stylized as such, but it had some real 70s grit film undertones. Like it was very, uh, very familiar to things like Taxi Driver uh, and took a lot of inspiration from that as well, mm. as well as um, the old movie King of Comedy. Yeah. With all the obsessions with TV hosts and all that kind of thing. So in terms of look, like it had that real 70s grit. Shitty New York palette. look. Yeah, um, lots of rubbish everywhere, very dirty. Um, super rats. Yeah, super rats, lots of lots of colours everywhere. Um, and even just with some of the shots, with the use of lighting and colour, um, the cinematography was done by Lawrence Sher, and he did an amazing job trying to really recapture those sorts of images. And so there were some moments where I was just like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, so really impressed with that, as well as, you know, the writing and all the other obvious shit. So, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about that. That was... Yeah, really, really fun to see. I wasn't expecting beautiful imagery out of this mm. film. Especially because it was it, lots of it was so washed out. Mm. Um, they went with, for the Joker's outfit, the 60s campy... Yeah. What colour would you call that? I would call it a wine and mustard. Wine and mustard. What a hideous colour. <laughs> <laughs> and it just seemed out of place with the rest of the movie, but it was a cool... Like it was they had a real seventies to... cut outfit though. Like I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's 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 dive in to the Joker. This movie is an exploration of the rise of the Joker, but it is so much more. Mm. Um, now, just a bit of background. There's a f- several origin stories for Arthur Fleck turning yeah. into the Joker. Most, all of them, from my understanding, I'm no expert. Um, I have seen Killing Joke though. Um, they're, they're they're personal ones. So this guy. Mm has a bad day, goes crazy, becomes a villain. And it's stuff that happens to him, you know, um, 
Killing Joke, I think he fell out of a vat of chemicals or something. <laughs> but, you know, very acutely, specifically, something happened to him. And he mm. has this famous monologue um, yeah. done by Mark Hamill that... Because the Killing Joke, he's a, he was obsessed with everyone can be crazy. I'm not special because I'm crazy. We're all just bad. One bad day away mm. from being crazy. One bad day away turned... One bad day turned me into the Joker. And one bad day can make Batman, Gordon, everyone crazy. And that yeah. was his whole thing now they took some setting cues from killing joke but this was a whole different thing oh yeah it wasn't a personal thing it was more of a a societal thing that created Mm. the joker now i assume you're gonna have a lot to say about this topic i have some notes (laughs) yeah so um exploring issues of mental health uh socioeconomic class and stuff like that and how society the people, the forgotten, the disenfranchised, mm. need to rise up. And that's there was a need for someone like the Joker to cause the anarchy that, you know, society breaks down. And it's Gotham. It happens quite regularly. But, <laughs> but he kicked it off this time. So um, what do you think about that? Break it down for me, Em. Right. So where do you even start with this, really? So there's a lot of, um, as you said, there's a lot of themes around, like, class warfare we see funding get cut to really important programs that help people with mental illnesses. So we're seeing a lot of um, like social infrastructure breakdowns, and it's something that happens all the time. People get undervalued, people who really need these sorts of services. So we can see um, a lot of institutional barriers with things like that in terms of the funding. There's also just how people treat people with a mental illness or people who um, are of, you know, working class or lower class. Like, he, he he's very, um, like, you can even see in the trailer when he gets beaten up, he's very protective of himself because this is obviously something that happens to him so frequently. And so, yeah, lots of, like, literal class warfare. Um, Just on that, there was a really cool scene here. He jots everything down in a journal and there was a really good scene that showed he was just reflecting on his mental illness and just mm. like, the worst part about having a mental illness is that everyone mm. expects you to act like you don't. Yeah. 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 That Powerful was statement. real good. Mm. Real good. Because he, you know, showed him... Because, wow, obviously he's to a degree crazy. <laughs> but mm. there was sort of exploring that he was self-aware yeah. for most of the movie. Like, just like... You know, I can't help this. I, how do I function in society? I, I've got dreams. I've got goals. Yeah. How do I suppress who I am? Yeah. Or things that ha- are happening to me. Yeah. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, so that was a really interesting portrayal of that too. Although there's a bit more behind that which we can't really get into. Spoiler free. Um, so as a result of all this kind of thing, um, there is some pushback from the working class from the low SES um, where there's like a whole, what would you call it, like riots and shit. Mm. Um, kill the rich is the theme. Kill the rich. Kill the rich. Eat the 1%. Yeah, so um, that was really interesting to sort of see that uprising kind of like push back against this um, you know, class power struggle. And they showed it so well. They the did, movie yeah. is so grim. You see a bunch of these like working stiffs trying to mm. get by, trying to keep their job, and they're doing, you know, they're dressing up as clowns and doing like awful jobs where they have to, they're getting beat up and treated horribly. Yeah. And it was, you know, so well done. You see their living situations, they're all living in crappy places. Yeah. Everyone's trying to cling to hope, like, um, you know, uh, 
Joker's mothers are like, oh, I can write a letter and someone will help us if I can mm. just get them a letter and just this fake hope that, you know, oh, we've got to be saved from this awful situation and everyone's in the same situation. Yeah, so they did a really good job of showing um, all that kind of thing and, and really like the stigma of mental illness as well. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed the, the social aspects of this and I knew that, that it was in there to some degree, but I didn't realize just how much it was such a driving force of the film. Um, it was a real um, vehicle for plot. Mm. It was great, but not rammed down your throats either. So it was done really well. Yeah, and so this was quite unique in that it was mm. external forces that created the Joker. So yeah. you're with Arthur Fleck the whole way, and I guess let's dive into Arthur Fleck himself, the portrayal, mm. and sure. it was so complex and Very. amazing. So. You're like, poor guy, everything's shit, everything's awful, you know, you're having a tough time. And then you're like, ah, oh, I can see how you're struggling here with the mental illness and stuff. And like, oh, and your support was taken away, blah, 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 blah. But then, you know, stuff happens mm-hmm. and stuff turns on a switch and like, you're a monster, you're awful, you're obviously a villain and stuff. And you know he's going to be a villain. And at times you're like, ah, oh, I feel bad for him. I want to support him. But also I'm repulsed by him. And all this stuff. And it was if just... only he had the funding to continue his medication. <laughs> yeah. And it was just... the And I can, can't give enough credit to the acting of Jogon Phoenix. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, you were simultaneously disgusted, repulsed, but also felt really bad for him and wanted him to succeed. And you're like, well, wait, what does that mean? I know what this guy ends up being. Why would I want him to succeed kind of thing? And you end up being mad at the same things he was mad at mm. that causes him down this path and like yeah kill the one percent fuck the wains like, <laughs> all this stuff and you're like oh wait why am i siding with a villain in this scene <laughs> it's, it's um see I, I saw that a bit differently in that um i never felt empathy for him but i could understand how he got to where he got to mm. so it was never empathy like it was never likable you never felt sorry for him i was felt frustrated for him but never Oh, poor Arthur. Um, so I think they did a really good job of not, not not humanizing, but they didn't make him so personable that you feel guilty for him. You're just frustrated at the things he's frustrated. You feel his frustrations, uh, which I think sir, was beautifully delivered by Jacques Phoenix in this. Like, and what a performance, really. He's got an like, Oscar nom. It he, was he ridiculous. I really hope so, but... Um, and we'll probably chat a bit more about this in a minute. I don't know that it's going to get nominated for any Oscars because of all the controversy around it and the Oscars are trying to do their whole, we have to do one tokenistic good vote. So if anything's going to rock the boat politically, we're not going to go there is my guess. So break that down for me. What's the, what's the concern? What was the outrage? Cause I was aware of some of it, but then once yeah. I saw the movie, it didn't really apply. Look there. I mean, I understand where people were coming from, but it's stupid given the context of the movie. So the whole thing is that they're they're trying to show an empath or what people some people were mad at is that they're trying to show um, an empathetic story of how a white man can end up being a terrorist, basically. Um, and they didn't want it to be like you know fostering copycats and things uh. like that because it shows oh you know like feel bad for this one white man who's had some struggles and now he's going to kill a lot of people, but it's okay because he's a white man. Um, so that's what a lot of people are kind of pissy about. However, I, I think people are forgetting yeah. that this is a story that 
is already existing. It's not like someone came up with a completely original tale, in which case it probably would have a more diverse cast and whatnot. Um, so those were some of the things that people were, were PC about. So I'm right. like, I get where you're coming from, but this is telling a specific story about a specific established character. So. And I don't, I don't think it really applied to this move in the end. He was never portrayed as a hero. He was never portrayed yeah. as an anti-hero. Yeah. He was never portrayed as a scrappy underdog. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what what I was saying is like, you know, you can empathize with some of his situations, but you were never like, yeah, see, you know, Team Joker. Like, Well, exactly. <laughs> this It's more, and it's not like, yeah, it, that's sort of what I was getting at before in that um, this movie makes you mad at society, not mad at um, necessarily a particular person. So, and, but, and by that logic, it doesn't necessarily mean that that fosters empathy, but it you refunnel your rate. Like the theme is more about, how shitty society and class warfare is. Right. Not how shitty someone can feel falling into a vat of acid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of, uh, I think people sort of took away maybe the wrong things from the film for that. What, I don't know. It's what? hard to say. And then as a result of that, Todd Phillips got a little bit on his um, Gen X wagon and was like, oh, goddamn snowflakes, and then that obviously did not oh, help things. And, just don't weigh in, bro. <laughs> yeah, he should have just not said anything. So because of that, I think maybe it could not get nominated for Oscars, which is which is a shame because it, there's a lot of amazing stuff in this movie. Like, the acting was incredible. The writing direction was fantastic. Like, it was really reminiscent of those 70s gritty movies. Um, the cinematography was beautiful, although I'm not sure what else it was going to be up against this year, but still... Um, yeah. Music as well. We haven't talked about the music in this. Talk to me about the music, Em. Oh, I don't have too much to say about it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just want to say it was good and shit. No, um, so I Tunes. think they did a really good job with making very tense music in a, like with the score of the film. But they also didn't use too many um, songs. They didn't put too many songs in this movie, which was a fantastic choice because it meant when they did, you weren't expecting it. And it felt really good. And there were really great choices, like he's dancing on the stairs to Gary Glitter and mm. uh, a couple of the other ones. And so they were very strategic, well-placed songs, um, and that was a big standout feature. I also feel that me. correlated into his descent into true madness, because yeah. was, everything was grim and shitty. Then all of a sudden, big pop numbers would play, mm. and he'd be like, woo, and we're starting to see that... Um, see the Joker come in. Yeah, that flamboyant yeah. Joker flair he started to develop throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, also, the dancing. Like, I was really impressed with the dancing, because you know how he's always a bit, a bit like that, but he did it in such a fine way, like it was very well done. Yeah, and... I don't know how the Joker dances, but he's always been portrayed as a tall, very angular person mm. with very precise movements kind of thing. So he's done a very good job. And I don't know what went on, but he lost a lot of weight for the role. He was like yeah, bones. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the other thing too. Like, talk about going method. I mean, the, the guy looked unwell. Um, also, the scene in the bathroom, which I won't elaborate on too much, um, that dancing was all improv I don't remember him dancing in a bathroom. All right, well, never mind then. <laughs> but it was. Anyway. Um, and it was such a ju- juxtaposition to the Jared Leto Joker from yeah. Suicide Squad, who went big, who went over the top, mm. damaged, like a very hated role. And, you know, went over the top Joker, whereas Phoenix went very understated, very, very finesse, subtle, very which detailed. made it 
more menacing yeah. when these outbursts of violence occurred. Yeah. And it was confronting. It was awful whenever Joker jokered out <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, because you're not really... I mean, you know that the violence is coming at some point, but when it does, it's just so... I don't even know how you explain it. Like, help me out here, T. <laughs> it, was, it was rough. It was like... It was extremely unsettling. brutal. Yeah, very unsettling. You're just like, oh my God, like there's no super ramp up or anything it would just kind of happen you're like oh yeah not cool man um yeah so good uh <laughs> so impressed with his performance like it was it was just out of this world really mm. and we won't talk about it here because it's spoiler free but mm. there's some little ties into the greater universe of the i guess the batman verse yeah, sort of which, thing which, which was I nice have mixed feelings on because at, fir- like, at first i was like oh that was a good tie in i like that and it, and i do think that was great but at the same time it, it also didn't need it i think it was a nice little taster i think it was good yeah, um, yeah i did like it because it flipped some you know traditional tropes on their head and True, did yeah. a backwards kind of thing. Yeah, which, I did again, I did like that part, yeah. Again, we can't go on about. Um, so, any other talking points for this one? Um, the only other thing which I, which I noticed, which was interesting, is um, his laugh. So, we see we see a very different reason for his laugh in, mm. uh, in this version, which I really liked because I'm like, oh, fresh take, nice. Um, and we sort of, there's, there's two kinds of laughs that he has, right? So it's when he's like uncomfortable, um, or when he's trying to force it to like be like a normal person. Mm. Um, but did you notice that once he sort of becomes Joker, he stops laughing? I did not notice that. Yeah, so he sort of stops laughing, I guess, because he's sort of he's grown into this new confidence, so he doesn't get that nervous anxiety anymore. He's just like rah, this mm. is me, bitch. So that was always, and a few people have done this take in other media's how he's the Joker, but he's not telling jokes kind of yeah. thing like his, was always how confusing, his age Joker and Riddler. <laughs> yeah how he's kind of unhumorous mm. you know he's big and flamboyant but he's not funny he's like an ironic joker kind <laughs> of thing which was funny when yeah he's like having a little cackle and like what's wrong he's like oh you wouldn't get it mm. <laughs> kind of thing which is nice and ominous yes, um very so overall i was unsettled. I was unpleasant. <laughs> I hated every minute of it. I wanted it to be over, and I think it was a masterpiece. Mm. Like this is a big deal. I haven't felt this anything close to this since I don't know Logan. Yeah, I can see anything I can. You possibly know, like a non-superhero to. movie about the superheroes or supervillains in this case. Mm. Um, it was, and it was just did so much more than I thought. Just talking about and very present. We weren't elaborate to real world situations <laughs> mm. but you can and there's a lot and just what and it, this concept is appearing in other media too yeah very specifically south parks mm. d- do it doing um a bit across episodes how everyone's being treated poorly and if you keep treating poorly the kids warn them if you treat everyone poorly you're just going to create like the mexican joker <laughs> and yeah. everyone gets really terrified of the mexican joker which is obviously a response to this movie, but the whole, you know, everyone's worried about people acting poorly, homebred terrorists and stuff. Mm. And it's like, well, why? Like what's, what's wrong with society that these people end up this way. And this movie sort of comments on a lot of this stuff in a very, you know, not obnoxious way, which I think was fantastic. 
Yeah, uh, and I agree. Um, I mean, controversy aside about how it's a guidebook on how to act out for white isolated men. Um, but, I mean, that's yeah, that's what the story is about. So, um, controversy and crap aside, the film itself is outstanding. It told a fantastic story. It didn't even need to be about Joker. It could have been about anybody, um, really. Um, hmm. It was gorgeous, uh, very nostalgic, but so original. The performance was fantastic. Everything that was mildly underdone is that I I didn't know that De Niro was in it, for starters, mm. and I was pleasantly surprised, and that was a nice tie-in for... Um, the Scorsese. Yeah, for all the Scorsese stuff. involvement and tax The writers all. took a lot of um, Scorsese's character studies yeah. as their guide on how well, to he, do a he crazy was meant person. To direct it. He was meant to direct it originally. Ah, I didn't um, know that. But then I don't know what happened there. So he had some kind of involvement, um, but... Yeah, so it's gorgeous. It takes a lot of inspiration. Oh, that's right. I already saw that. De Niro. Um, <laughs> didn't know he was in it. I really like being pleasantly surprised when there's a big name in something and I and they don't push that. Um, but the, the thing is, and even though his role wasn't massive, he didn't really do anything. Like, he's, um, he's a great actor and didn't really fully... I don't know. I feel like he didn't really fully commit. I don't know. He was pretty good in sort of the latter scenes where... Yeah. Stuff is escalating a bit, but yeah. But, but I've seen like was, full was, De Niro, and he wasn't going full De Niro. Right. I mean, it's no Meet the Fockers. <laughs> True. His uh, best work. Yeah. yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> Probably not going to fly to actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said it ironically. Get her, fans. <laughs> uh, I'm a gal of simple taste. No. Um. So yeah, that was the only kind of mildly disappointing thing. But otherwise, you know, fantastic performances by everybody. Um, definitely do recommend watch it in the morning. <laughs> Don't put yeah. yourself through that at night time because you'll feel very unsettled going to sleep. Plan um, some self-care after. Yes. <laughs> Get a frappe and a watch a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. Um, but honestly, like uh, I went in with low to mixed expectations and it blew me away. Like I've, it's been, like I said, it's been a long time since the movie's been a real experience for me, and this truly was an experience. Um, not one I'm keen to have again anytime too soon. Yeah, I don't think I could watch it again. Yeah, like I'd love to, but I just don't think I could. Um, it's yeah. like I loved Logan, but I still haven't watched it yeah, the I second time. Yeah, I don't want to watch it again. I kind of <laughs> want to see it in the black and white, but I'm like, oh, don't put yourself through that. It's not worth it. Um, yeah, fantastic. Go see it. Yep, thumbs up. Mm. After the break, Bojack Horseman. I don't know. How's the intro go? We've got to to practice our intros. For Netflix. Yes. The first half of the final season of Bojack Horseman has dropped the show that doesn't really... That visually addresses that all the characters are animals, but no one talking about it addresses that anyone is an animal. It's the most human show that I've ever seen. <laughs> All full of animals. So what what season number was it? I didn't six. Even six. So six years six of the final season. our hyper-depressed, alcoholic, Will Arnett horse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know. you got to start thinking about where's, where's his ending? What's his end? He's kind of awful, kind I of a jerk. I suppose they end up like plummeting him back into alcoholism and he goes into jail or dies and going to be really bummed out. 
Yeah. And I, I think, and you think it's do ca- it too. And it looks like it's capable of that, isn't it? Well, they, there's always new lows that they manage to find to tug at my heartstrings where I'm like, oh, God, everything's depressing. So we rejoin Life our... meaningless. We rejoin our titular character, Bojack, who is in rehab mm-hmm. after deciding to clean up his life. The format for this season is a bit interesting because none of the characters are particularly interacting at this point. So we get kind of an episode for each character for a little while before some of them start to team up and they're Mm. all doing different things and having different stories. Um, Any highlights? What what do you like? Um, So it's hard with a split season because you can't really look at it all as one big picture. So... um, the episode where Princess Carolyn's trying to juggle her work and a new baby and was quite... It was a bit of a tough watch for me. Mm-hmm. It was very uh, emotionally draining just watching her really suffer and try to do everything and not quite being able to do it. Yeah. Um, ooh, just that, that was, felt it in my cockles. That was good because uh, Princess Caroline, a alpha personality, exceeds at everything she does. Mm. She's got a child now and she's having a crack at the proverbial having it all. Raising a kid while also being in a high power job. Yeah. And the struggles that go with. And she's not... Being a parent is hard, I assume. And (laughs) um, she's not amazing at it. And this is causing her to reassess her kind of personality and work out, you know, Mm. what's going on? Why aren't I amazing at this kind of thing? Um. You felt that one acutely, I assume. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, it was just really hard. Like the way that they sort of cut it together as well. Just, oh, I got like really anxious. I'm just like, oh god, this looks like hell. Pass. Um, so that was a bit of a stand episode for me. Um, the other good episode, just which, a bit more yeah. on that one. The one thing they did really well on that was um, she's hanging out with the other mothers who mm. are like her, the high powered one, and they're all like bullying each other or, you know, faux bullying each other. Mm. Like the Upper West Side mothers of New York kind mm. of vibe, where they're all kind of one upping and like, oh yeah, my kids already know three languages, all that side yeah. of bullshit and getting sucked into that. And because they're that type of personality, they're really susceptible to it. Yeah. And I thought that was like interesting how, you know, Sometimes ladies are mean to each other and it's unfortunate. Mm. <laughs> I won't speculate more on that. Mother's groups can Mother's be groups, unpleasant yeah. places. Yeah, so they tackled that a bit, which was, which was fun. Um, yeah. So the other standard episode for me, uh, on a lighter note, was the surprise party episode. Excellent. We, we, that was my favourite. Yeah, that, that was my favourite. Uh, I won't say what the surprise party is for, because it's a bit of a spoilsy kind of. Um, but it was, it was hilarious. So a whole episode revolving around this was a mr peanut butter episode Mm. and his girlfriend having an argument in the house that was about to be a surprise party and everyone's gone awkward and the whole episode all the party guests are hiding (laughs) in the house while this couple are having that argument and it was just so many sight gags yeah while people are trying not to get caught and it was just hilarious it was a delightful romp it was it was a delightful romp <laughs> perfect explanation of said episode yeah especially after the grim depression episodes and alcoholism episodes we just had oof yeah of which there are many <laughs> yeah um and on that um like the the whole thing is is bojack trying to deal with trying to be better and going through rehab and grappling with Sarah Lynn's death and all that kind of stuff so um 
as as one would expect, they've ended this half season or whatever it is um, with a bit of a turn, which means it's all about to get a whole lot more fucking depressing when it comes back in January. So fun stuff to look forward to. Yeah, they've got... um. So Bojack has some skeletons in the closet. He's in a better place now, but as the shows want to do, they're mm-hmm. about to throw them back in his face to see how he deals. So we're looking forward to that. When are they dropping the rest of the season? January. So... Oh, that's not too far. Yeah. Um, so if you're into BoJack, obviously you're going to watch this. And it's still grim and depressing. Um, who else? Um, what's Alison Bree's character's name? Um, Diane. Diane. So she's moved to a new city to start writing a book. And she's the, she's the angry, starving artist type. And then mm. she's been given some freedom and support. And she can't deal. She thrives under less than ideal conditions and when she has them she sort of self-implodes and mm. i think that's a good sort of story to tell you know yeah it's pretty much how i work <laughs> <laughs> so we've got her trying to write her book and she just can't do it someone gave me a chunk of money and said here write the book you always wanted i'd be like mm, no i'm depressed now <laughs> yeah. uh, um but that were the, sort of the main plot lines that drew attention to me i really mm. liked the other mr peanut butter thread yeah. on how he is a happy, popular person, mm-hmm. and he's got some like some bad image problems because of some stuff that happens in the show. So they rebrand him as a sad dog, yeah, <laughs> as a spokesperson for depression. Like, oh, even the people that look the happiest can also be yeah. depressed, and he's just sort of rolling with that. And it was kind of awful, but like mm-hmm. very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so that was yeah. If you if you're going to watch it. You're going to keep watching it, and yeah. the rest comes out in a couple of months, which I'm quite looking forward to. Yeah, we could do a full recap then, and really, so I, I sort of struggle. So I'm like, have I liked this season? I'm like, I think so, <laughs> but it's not finished, so I don't. I can't really sit back and look at it as a whole. It's always been a hard show to understand because once, so the first maybe two seasons it rolled on its novelty, and that and it was pretty good anyway. And now the highs are very high, like the special mm. episodes are special, and Ooh, then. Yeah. But then you, you consider a whole season as a whole and you're like, is this show any good? I mean, it is, but like... Oh, it is. I've <laughs> never felt more aware of my emotions and fuck-ups than I have watching this show. Oh, and I also really like the return of Jonah, um, Princess Carolyn's assistant. Oh, yes. You know, very softly spoken. Spoilers, <laughs> but yeah, yeah cool. That's <laughs> not plot-related. <laughs> I just love the way he talks. I need him to soothe me to sleep. I think you, you just wish you had a man bun that graceful. <laughs> he rides his bike everywhere. He does. What a wanker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Bojack. All right. So um, coming up after the break, we will chat Untitled Goose Game by House House. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so this... We're geese. We're geese. So this was an interesting kind of cultural phenom that kind of crept up on us this year. The Untitled Goose Game. I was hanging for this when I first heard about it. I'm just like, I'm sorry, this is a game about what? Give it to me now. <laughs> yeah, so there's a few angles to cover this. So firstly, the game. It's um small, sort of sandboxy, open little area where you control an asshole goose <laughs> and your job is to ruin everyone's day in this small <laughs> english town <laughs> why are you giggling it's such a funny premise and i love it so much you can honk you can peck uh, 
And mostly you can... And you can flap your wings around. You can flap your wings and you can pick up things and Mm -hmm. move them to other places (laughs) for a variety of reasons. Um, And before we get to the game, I sort of got to discuss the phenomenon around the game. Mm. It got popular because of the premise. Yeah, it's an amazing premise. Yeah, and um, once it came out, the memes were flying fast and I saw this (laughs) duck in every, like, photoshopped in Goose, sorry, photoshopped into every other game. Like, I've seen Red Dead Redemptions. I've seen it in... some of our favourites to our uh, social media. Yeah, I've seen it as a character in Super Smash Brothers. (laughs) Oh, I wish. (laughs) Seen it in um, Fallout and, you know, peace was never an option. (laughs) So, the, the surrounding story of the game has kind of gone beyond what the actual game is. Yeah. So, how much of it have you played, Em? Look, I haven't played much, um, for reasons I'll get into in a minute, but one of the reasons why I was really excited about this game is because you and I and a couple of other friends, uh, including Miss Miss Allie Hart, if you know her from other podcasts, Hungry Gamers, hello, um, is uh, the four of us used to play a duck game, or did do a couple of times anyway, and one of my favorite parts of that game is sitting around waiting and just smashing the quack button where you go, wah, 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 wah. and so everyone's just sitting around going, wah, 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 wah. so when I found out that a game was coming out where you get to be a goose and honk at people and annoy them, I was like, I am already sold. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> so uh, big fan of this game from day dot. Um, always wanted to play it. So glad to finally have it. Uh, I guess my first point in which I was very puzzled is in the opening credits where it says that it was developed in uh, collaboration with Film Victoria, so I have more questions about where this game is set. Do you get to just, like, go around Melbourne or some shit? <laughs> I was really confused. I don't know. That's right. I'm like, what? This is this is my first big question I have about this game. Are you sure it's Victoria as in Australian Victoria? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so it's an Australian game. Is it? Yeah. Well, I did not do my research. You did not. Um... So, yeah, I finally sort of played, like, the first kind of intro level because I was just playing on my laptop and trying to, like, I found all the keys a little bit awkward to get around and honk and grab stuff. um, So I liked your idea of just plugging in a controller. So I'm going to do that next and whip through the game a bit bit easier. I had a controller and had no problem. Some of the puzzles required a little bit of finesse, but you could usually Mm -hmm. get it in a go or two. So you control a duck and... Goose. God, I'm going to do that a lot. Yeah. It's because of the duck game. Yeah. Um, you control this goose, and you're in the little area, and you, you're given a checklist of tasks. Most of them uh, involve causing a ruckus. <laughs> and um, if you do enough of the tasks, you can move on to the next area, and so forth for about four areas, and I won't sort of spoil what you get into. Um, it, I really enjoyed it, mm. but, and a few people have said this, the checklist is quite divisive, like telling you what to do. Right. I think it would have been better if it just cut you loose and you just had to explore, do things, you know, push the boundaries of the world and mm. some stuff would work, some stuff wouldn't. Because um, they would give you like a task and you had to kind of figure out how to get it. And it was a bit, I could have just done stuff and figure this out and it would have been more fun. Yeah. Um, so I think they should have sent you in blind, in my opinion. Okay, so more like... 
more random achievement based, like Goat Simulator or something. Well, like Goat Simulator, yeah, where you didn't yeah. know what you're doing and you just did stuff until stuff happened, and yeah. it wasn't. It would have been more fun and joyous rather than a bit frustrating when you couldn't work out what the hell the checklists mean. Yeah. Um, my highlight was though. I think it's in the second area. You just bully this small boy um, <laughs> relentlessly. You trip it over. You chase it. You lock it in a phone booth. You steal his glasses. You um. What else did I do? You steal his toys and you dump it in a shop. And then when he tries to get it back, the store person makes him buy it back with his own money. <laughs> and the kids I had a rough day. Yeah, I had a blast bullying this small <laughs> English boy. You can just run after him going rah, 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 until he trips over and then you grab his shoe and then he trips and then you steal his glasses. It was a delight. Um, I really enjoyed that. So fun. There's also this level when you're in some gardens with these two neighbors and you just break all their shit and they make them fight and cause them to like destroy each other's stuff. Awesome. That was really fun. Um, but I, f I feel if it was just open and I could have just fooled around and tried to solve puzzles i would have gotten more of a kick out of it right yeah it does become a little bit of a chore after a while it's like collect all these things i was like why i, I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> um i played through the standard mode once you complete the game it gives you sort of an advanced mode with more Ooh. advanced things to try and achieve in each little area oh that's good yeah good replay so value. could have a look at that but um overall it's about a three hour experience and oh, um fun. nice little jangly music <laughs> <laughs> yeah for it um but overall is pretty good but i think the the pop culture around the game has surpassed the game <laughs> the game is just pretty good and a funny concept yeah whereas the memes they're forever they're great that's true yeah that's <laughs> i saw a few halloween outfits of people dressed as goose and english geese geese <laughs> dressed as english barman having their key stolen and shit it that's was amazing. really really good so um give it a go but i wouldn't quite label it as a priority I disagree, I would. <laughs> you haven't even finished it. Doesn't matter. The premise alone is enough to be like, everyone play this game. Whatever you're doing, stop. I don't go play Untitled Goose Game. You can get it all from a Reddit thread. <laughs> yeah, but that's fun. Don't you want to be the goose and honk honk your way and just annoy people? Just to bully that kid. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Like, <laughs> fuck that kid. What's your favorite level? Oh, this kid just wanted to chase him around. <laughs> I look forward to doing the same and I'll report back. <laughs> All right, that brings us to a close for this episode for today. Um, who would you like to terrorize if you were a goose? <laughs> Tell us. You can tweet us at goodpop underscore badpop or pop us a message on facebook.com forward slash goodpopbadpoppodcast. We are also on the gram very rarely at goodpopbadpoppodcast. Until next time, we will see you then. I'm imagining a goose chasing around like politicians I don't like.